You're listening to the Raptors Report Podcast with Josh Lewinberg and Ryan Wallstadt. Welcome to TSN's Raptors Report Podcast for the week of May 10th. Josh Lewinberg joined, as always, by Ryan Wolstad of the Toronto Sun. And was, here we go again. Uh, Raptors lose game one, win game two, win game three, and then miss uh, uh, an opportunity to take uh, a comfortable lead in the series by losing game four. Why is all that so familiar? As I tweeted, even before game four, the Raptors cannot have nice things. It's oh, impossible. So you, it's so You predicted it. I predicted it. It is. They're I predict, I predicted obligated to make life as hard on themselves as possible, to, to just never take the easy route, to give Raptor fans heart attacks, to give media on deadlines panic attacks. It's just that's what they do. I predicted a 20-point loss in game four, so I'm actually <laughs> uh, pleasantly surprised. <sighs> yeah. Hideous basketball game was uh, what I called it, and that's what it was. We were doing the uh, broadcast on uh, on TSN 1050, and we, they always uh, – we have to do a, a play of the, the game after the game. We have to do a player of the game too, and it always has to be a Raptor for some reason. So even when they lose, when they've lost – when they lost by like 20 points uh, in the first round uh, to the Pacers, we're like – congratulating Jonas Valanciunas or something for his player of the game award. But we had to pick a play of the game. And my nomination was for the play, the, the Dwayne Wade shot in overtime where the ball just dies on the back <laughs> of the rim. Because what sums up that game yeah. and that series better than uh, the ball just giving up and saying, you know what? I've had enough. I'm done with this. Yeah. I'm good. I'm just going to chill back here for a while. I put that in my story too. I said the ball had seen enough. I just didn't <laughs> want any more of it. It, it. it it was perfect. Like even like the internet crapped out. I had to leave. Like my, Miami the ball is always pretty bad with uh with Wi-Fi. Right after not too long after Kyle Lowry fouls out, which was, you know, I mean, probably the right call. But how, how many, like, do you think they'd call Dwayne Wade for that? Kobe Bryant? Not a chance. Like, it's his fault for getting in foul trouble. But that, I don't know. It was, there. I didn't like uh, the three quick fouls to start the fourth. Like, let, No, but perhaps if the Raptors stars want star calls, they should start playing like stars. Well, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's it, it's tough. This is it, it. Really, truly, is bizarre because here we are again, and and we were sitting there in, in the non-practice today. Raptors canceled their film session, which was never supposed to be a practice. So non non-practice, and and it's it's bizarre because every day it seems like it's the same narrative, the same storyline. They're tired of hearing it. We're tired of talking about it. But it's the same thing. Uh, Demar Derozan and Kyle Lowry are not playing like Demar Derozan no, and Kyle close. Lowry. And it's it's becoming more glaring as time goes on because, of course, the sample size is getting bigger. Their playoff resumes are getting larger. And, yeah, I, DeRozan's playing through a, a thumb issue. We'll talk about that. Uh, Lowry's playing through an elbow issue, and we've talked about that. Um, but they haven't they've now played, what, 22 games together? Um, for the Raptors in the playoffs over the last three years, they haven't always been hurt. They haven't always gone up against Paul George or, or great defenders or whatever. They've almost always that, been terrible. Exactly. So at some point, I mean, DeRozan's hurt. I get it. The, the, the excuse is legitimate. And to his credit, he does seem uncomfortable 
using it, even when he's pressed uh, to, to talk about the thumb issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's clearly bothering him. Um, he bent it in a direction that thumbs clearly aren't meant to be bent. Um, and he's been icing it heavily ever since. Um, his free throw shooting has been strangely terrible. Uh, 10 for 20 in the three games since the injury. Well, he told me Sunday he can't grip the ball properly. Right. So. He was shooting 90% from the free throw line before the injury. So although some will point to the fact that he was pretty bad um, before the injury, and it's true, um, the shooting percentage, at least from the field, is basically the same. It is the same, 33% since the injury as it was in the playoffs before the injury. But what he wasn't doing before was bricking free throws. What he wasn't doing before was missing layups or, or air balls like uh, the, the first jumper in, in game four. Uh, so it's bothering him. But that said, I mean, great players figure it out. Uh, Steph Curry scored 17 points in overtime on one leg. Great players figure it out. and. DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry have to find a way to figure it out because I, they're I mean, not great players. I mean, Kyle Lowry is very, very good, but DeRozan's no, no offense to him. He's nowhere near the class of a great player. Well, that's the difference here. Evidently, obviously but Kyle Lowry's still making an impact as bad as he's shooting historically bad. He's still yep. getting seven rebounds going into the trees for rebounds, playing pretty good D four steals, nine assists, you know, like he's still doing other things. That's the difference. One guy impacts the game in many ways. One guy doesn't. What the Raptors need to do, they need to help DeMar DeRozan help himself. <laughs> and to do that... Help me help yeah, you. Yes, that's what they need to do. They need to cut down his shots. You know, maybe borrow a page from when he was hurt last season and they had to do different things. You know, Terrence Ross is finally showing a pulse and actually looking pretty good. Uh, Norm Powell can can put some points up. Damari Carroll's going. You know, Patrick Patterson can score. There's other ways. Like, you don't, you don't there, need to, He still had 17 shot attempts to lead the team in the game. It's It's baffling how many times do you just let the guy shoot when he clearly can't shoot it's tough because i mean we, we hear Dwayne casey talk about the ride or die mentality um and there are pros and cons to that of course but uh, the concern right now if you're Dwayne casey is how do you score points if derozan's not giving it to you jonas valanciunas isn't walking through that door he's been ruled out for this series and no matter how much fans are are hopeful that maybe if it goes 70 he's not coming back in this series um well one thing i think is you and this is what i wrote for the wednesday uh, column is you play him in the big lineup as a big he's terrible as a small right now you you play him as a four and you try to post him up, you try to get him some looks closer to the basket because the looks from far away from the basket are nowhere close. He was short on every single shot, I believe, in, in game four. If you're going to play him, and I, I I find it hard to believe they'll cut his minutes to like 20, then play him at the four in a small lineup and see what he can do because that shooting guard is not working. And it's tough because, I mean, certainly Miami – doesn't look like a world beater right now either, which is the biggest reason why this series has been so painful to watch. These are two teams that oh, they've um, been horrible. They're terrible. Um, it's sort of hard to believe that this slugfest is, is happening at the same time as as Spurs Thunder, one of the best uh, conference semifinals <laughs> matchup we'll ever see. Um, and, and the, the Blazer Warriors stuff was incredible too, right? And then you have this. Um, so. Right now, Dwayne Wade is giving it to them. He's by far 
been the best player in the series on either team. But, I mean, Dragic hasn't been a factor since game one. Luol Dang, as much as he carried them in, in the first mm-hmm. round and throughout the second half of the series, he hasn't been a factor. Joe Johnson, since uh, James Johnson put the scare into him, um, he, he, he hasn't done a whole hell of a lot. He um, was good down the stretching game four, but, yeah, he can be a lot better. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Can, can the Raptors win this series without yeah. – obviously, Lowry has been great in other ways. But it's 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 an, it's an interesting storyline for me, Kyle Lowry, because I think he's only played one terrible game in the playoffs, the mm-hmm. game one against the Heat. Um, the, the rest of, of the time, shooting poorly hasn't necessarily meant playing poorly, um, but that's not enough. If you're Kyle Lowry, uh, yeah. the, the Raptors don't need him to not be terrible. The Raptors need him to be great, like he mm-hmm. was in Game 3. That was a difference. That was the reason why um, they were able to, to pull that out. Um, they need him, especially with Valanciunas out, especially with DeRozan doing whatever he's doing. Uh, they need Lowry to be Lowry. Um, yeah. So not being terrible isn't, isn't good enough for him. And they need something from DeRozan. Can the Raps win this series with Miami playing as terribly as they are without Lowry and DeRozan scoring? I kind of – I think they can do it with one of them being terrible and one of them being good. I don't think they can do it with both. Even though I think Wade's going to trail off, he's been talking about how exhausted he is because, you know, let's face it, he's getting up there. He's a ton of mileage, ton of injury history. It's every other day, basically with practice and a lot of the days, even though he's not really doing much at practices most of the time. Like he's going to he's gonna slow down. He has to. It's just logically he has to. This load is going to be too much. So they have a chance, but I really think they need at least one of them to get going. I don't think as terrible as Miami is, like they're starting Amari Stoudemire – Dragic suddenly looks awful. Like Dang's done nothing. Joe Johnson comes and goes. Like they they look brutal, but yet I don't know. This whole I don't even know. This whole series is insane. It's just the worst. <laughs> it's the best way to describe it. Basically, though, they need one of them going. As bad as Miami is and has been, I think they still need either Lowry, who's way more likely to get it going, or DeRozan. I can't see DeRozan though getting it going. So I I really think they need to rein him in and try to find other ways, whether it's posting up Pat, posting up DeRozan, uh, finding more curls for Ross somehow, uh, and Carol, and and I don't know. They need they need to figure out something. Uh, I'm not sure this is the popular opinion at this point, but I, I think Masai Ujiri comes out looking pretty good, um, at least right now, where we are in this series, uh, you look back at game four with DeRozan and Lowry struggling. Who carried them as far as they went? Who who got them to um, a point where they were in control in the fourth quarter and ultimately were able to, to have a shot to win in overtime? It, it was his three mm-hmm. offseason acquisitions. Uh, Damari Carroll was fantastic in the third quarter. Bismack Biombo, uh was great defensively and should have been on the floor in overtime. Corey Joseph continues to be one of, if not the most consistent player players on this roster um, during this postseason. Um, and I also think, and we continue to go back to this, we'll continue to go back to this, is, is the trade deadline. Um, Masai surveyed the field. He made his calls. He took calls and ultimately decided that there was nothing he could do that would get the Raptors close enough to Cleveland 
um, to justify mortgaging a, a piece of their future. And that's looking pretty good right now. I, I mean, mm -hmm. it, they are what they are. And, and, and Masai knew this. We knew this. Um, the, the Raptors were in and still are in, obviously, a pretty good place in, in an Eastern Conference that was so wide open that certainly didn't have a team outside of Cleveland that um, inspired much fear. Um, but even though the Raptors were knocking on the door um, – first place in the Cavaliers at that point in the season, uh, you had to know this was going to happen. LeBron uh, has become as good as anyone in the league at, at this now in his old NBA age of just flipping on that switch mm -hmm. as you get closer to the playoffs. He did it last year for all the concern uh, that, that what's going on in Cleveland um, in, in January or February. Come playoff time, um, man, do they turn it on. And hell, I, with the West just beating up on each other, the Cavs might be in a pretty good shape as as a title contender now, just waltzing their way through the Eastern yeah, Conference. That's something I thought during the year. Like maybe they had a chance if you know the West teams just beat the hell out of each other, and and Cleveland is not challenged at all. Like I thought maybe they have a chance to upset the West, but I didn't really think it was. I didn't really think it was too realistic because I just didn't see those big three coexisting. But they have figured it out. Uh, Ty Lue has them going. You know, LeBron's LeBron again, and and Love and Kyrie and the rest have been scary. And Tristan Thompson's doing his Bismack Biombo impression over there. I mean, they they would have a legit shot. I mean, I I still don't. I don't think. I still think Golden State would beat them unless Curry got hurt again. But I'd give them a shot against. Uh, I think they'd beat OKC, and against the Spurs, I don't know. It would be it would be close. It's just Kawhi is the one guy that can kind of slow LeBron a little bit. So, but they'd have a shot, and I think they'd. They beat the Thunder. It's interesting now the the challenge that Masai Ujiri is going to have going forward because regardless of what happens here, uh, the Raptors could uh, lose the next four game, the next two games, sorry, and and get eliminated from the playoffs, or or they can beat Miami in six or in seven, go on and probably uh, get smashed by the Cavaliers. And I, regardless, I don't think it matters uh, how much does Ujiri look at the result. Um, of the postseason versus how they got there and, and what this team is, both the good, the bad, and, of course, the ugly. Uh, separating that will determine, obviously, what he does in the offseason. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. But, mm. um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's sort of the challenge when it comes to the, the front office, not just in Toronto, but um, everywhere in the NBA is separating those two things. And that's what Masai faced last year. I remember going into the playoffs uh, with how flawed that Raptors team was at the end of last season and, and thinking, well, what happens here? If they win a round, if they get past Washington, does Masai still address the obvious concerns here? Is Lou Williams back next year? Is Gravis Vasquez back next year? Does the DeRozan and, and Lowry tandem stick together? There were still going to be those questions no matter what, but obviously the Raptors made that pretty easy on him by getting swept. Now there, there's a new dilemma here. Uh, the, the results have been positive, at least compared to what the expectations or the goal was, but um, certainly the path hasn't been pretty. No, but... <laughs> To say the least. It's, you know, yeah, we're going to get into it. The offseason is going to be really interesting. I mean, to tip my hand now, I really think that they don't have a choice but to bring back DeRozan. But I think they've kind of maxed out what they can do with this core because they're never going to be able to get as far as they should with Valanchunas with the DeRozan-Lowry 
uh, centered approach. I think there's going to be a need to change and eventually a separation. I think eventually it'll be in the best interest of the team to go in a different direction. Um, you know, is it was a Norm Powell and Terrence Ross combination with the Murray Carroll as your two, three. I don't know. I just don't think, I think the way it's structured now, you can get a lot of regular season success, but it definitely doesn't carry over to uh, the playoffs. Going into game four, I asked the question of myself and to a lot of others, um, which team is hurt more by the loss of their starting center? Miami losing Hassan Whiteside um, at least for now a couple games, but likely for the series. And then, of course, the Raptors losing Jonas Valanciunas. And and the answer for me um, was Whiteside, Um, not because he's been better than Valanciunas in the series, not even close, but just because of how valuable he is to what they do on the defensive end as the third um, place finisher in um, defensive player of the year voting this year, the, the NBA's leader in shop locks. And then, of course, the, the lack of depth that Miami has in the front court. But after seeing how things unfolded in game four, even with how strong Biombo played, um, having struggled early in the series, I think I'm changing my answer here. I just yeah. think Valanchunas, um, he had established himself as a legitimate third scoring option on the floor for a team that was in desperate need of it and is still in desperate need of it with Lowry and DeRozan uh, laying eggs offensively. Yeah. You you desperately need that low post presence. You desperately need those easy points, somebody that can um, be relied upon to, um, to score. And, and the Raptors are... are going to desperately miss that for as long as they're without JV. Yeah. I might've said Whiteside if he was healthy, but I went, uh, my thought was Valanciunas will be missed more because Whiteside clearly wasn't himself even before he got injured. Uh, He wasn't making the same impact, but and Valanciunas just carrying them. He was so much better than anyone else in these playoffs that it's not even remotely close. He carried the Raptors in a lot of games. What are your thoughts on Dwayne Casey's decision to go small, to match up with the Heat, leave Biombo on the bench for all but two seconds in overtime. I w- it's something I would have liked to see more. I didn't like the timing of it. I wanted yeah. to see it earlier more. I wanted to see Pat at the five, pick and pops, whatever. I you weren't a fan more. of the Bay Bay experiment? No, not at all. I, I, the first time, sure, try it. Yeah. You know, See if they can get some lobs, whatever. But he was lost defensively. I cannot believe they tried it again. I don't understand that at all. That's the thing I understand less than the Biombo thing. I get what they were trying to do. No one could score. But I also don't get DeRozan clearly can't hit anything. Wouldn't you want Biombo in there to grab the rebounds and to play the D? So yeah, no, that I I think it was not it was not a good game for Dwayne Casey. I think Spurs no. had some bad games in the series, and this was by far Casey's worst game. Again, we we talked about this a lot in the first round, where uh, credit where credits due. Casey ha- has had his moments. He's had some good games here in the playoffs. This is far mm-hmm. from. Yep a disastrous um, coaching job here in terms of the body of work uh, in, in the playoffs, but he's had some, some rough games and, and usually not so coincidentally, those rough games, not that they're all on him, but those have resulted in, in losses. Uh, of course, in hindsight, it, it's easy to, to look good when your team wins. It's easy to look bad when your team loses. Those decisions always look worse in hindsight when they don't work. But I, I think Casey miscalculated. I think he misread the situation going into overtime. The Heat went small 
Um, but they're not going small for the same reason why a lot of other teams mm -hmm. go small in this day and age. They're not necessarily looking to spread the floor and beat you with the jump shot. Hell, they were one for 15 from beyond the arc um, in game four. It's just not their, their game. No. It's not the way they play. When they go small, they're looking to attack. Dwayne Wade, Goran Dragic, all those guys, yeah. Joe Johnson. Uh, if you don't have Biombo in there against them, you're in big trouble. Exactly. They were looking to attack, and it was way too easy for them to do so without basically the only rim protector that's left in this series. And someone who, who was playing really well for the Raptors yeah. um, on Monday, uh, the Heat had five of, of their nine shot attempts came in the restricted area in overtime. Uh, they grabbed two offensive rebounds, obviously, that were, were crucial for them at that point in the game. It, it was too easy for them. And I understand, obviously, the thinking is, is uh, Lowry is out of the game. He'd fouled out. Um, you need DeRozan out there either for his offense or as a potential decoy to help create you some offense. But, I mean, you're right. He, he just wasn't giving it to you. And at that point, again, the sample size on the night is large enough. You're 48 minutes in that you, you know, sure, there's a chance that all of a sudden, those shots start falling, but it's it's not a it's not a good chance. Um, so, what do you do? Do you do you try and and find some semblance of, of offense from a guy who's just not giving it to you, or do you say, all right, well, it's probably going to be pretty tough for us to score, but we're going to make it pretty tough for you to score as well? I, I just mm -hmm. think it was the wrong move at, at that time, and I agree. I would have liked to see a little bit more small ball earlier on. I was surprised that we didn't. Yeah, and I think. You have to think that they've seen that now and they'll make the adjustments going forward. I mean, you, you hope and you think that can happen. And if that happens, some positivity here. There's no reason why the Raptors can't win this series. They no, just need to, they still should. They need to tone down DeRozan's shot attempts. Let's see here. Viva La Norm, uh, more biz, more small ball, more padded five. Boom. It's uh, best of, of three now, and the Raptors have two games at home. You know, life could be a lot worse. The best thing anyone can do is forget those first four games happen and just try to enjoy the next three. So, no baby, I, I'm, no baby. I'm guessing. Um, you have eight guys, the starting five, Ross Powell, Corey Joseph off the bench. Are you sticking with an eight-man rotation and playing small off the bench? Or do you turn now to... I would even try some Jason Thompson against these guys. You would. Yeah, I would see why not. I mean, over early, early on, though, see what he does. I mean, <sighs> Scola, I just, I don't, that's an interesting one, too. You could do some Scola post ups, but they've just been, they've shown no ability to get the ball inside, though. So I don't know how effective Scola would be. Right. I'm not opposed to trying any of these things as long as the hook is quick enough. If it's yeah, not working, try it early, see if it's something right. working. And that's really been what's hurt Casey in this series. And, and, maybe throughout his career in coaching and, and he's gotten a lot better at making those adjustments a lot better. Oh, way better, way better. But it still gets to a point a lot of times where you, you, you try something. Um, it doesn't work. You've got to be quick enough to adjust to, to pull the trigger. And um, I, I thought that Scola and, and, all that time that he spent, whatever it was, five, six, seven minutes on the floor mm -hmm. in game three hurt them. And if they would have ended up losing that game, uh, the, all the criticism that Casey's facing now, he, he would have been facing that exact same criticism, mm -hmm. maybe worse after the game for sticking with Scola. And then uh, it, it was Bebe in the experiment uh, in the second quarter. And then once again 
at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth. Um, credit where credit's due. Uh, Casey has been far more flexible, far more willing to try different things here in the playoffs. And I think you need to do that, especially when, again, you're facing a unique team like the Heat that plays small and you have to deal with now injuries. You've got to be able to adjust. Casey's done that. He, he's used uh, five different starting lineups, which, um, I mean, it, it's not ideal, but it, it does show that you're willing to tinker when, yeah. when tinkering is needed. Um, you, you just have to be quicker. Yes. That, there's nothing else to add. Game four, prove that. You have to be quicker. <laughs> you have to pull the trigger. If the wells run dry or if it's poison water, get out of there. I like that. Poison water. <laughs> uh, where do you go from here? Game five, we're erasing the first four games. We're starting to pressure. I'm sure that they're going to plan to, hope to. Um, what do we see in game five? <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. It can't be worse than what we saw in games. Oh, one no, don't say that. No. I, I, now I that, now that you say that, it, it can't be worse. It might be worse. Nothing's worse. It might be worse. Those games seared my retinas. <laughs> um, how was Miami? Weather was, was good. Right. Good. All good. From the looks good. of, um, from the looks of, Rod Black and Leo Routens' tan. It looked like uh, the the sun was shining. The weather was nice. Yeah, unfortunately, us us uh, press guys weren't weren't close to the beach. But like, so the, the Waz is an orange TV right guys. now. No, I'm not orange Waz. <laughs> but but still, it's still all good. And uh, heading back Thursday morning. I'm surprised they let you out. The security in Miami. I, I've J Lou's had some issue with the uh, security in Miami. Those it's like Fort Knox in that arena. Yeah, they take security in Miami more serious than any arena in the rest of the NBA. They have the dogs that sniff your bags. They have the crazy command center over the top uh, security checks. They have like militant people grabbing your uh, badges to make sure you're not a fraud, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's out of control. And then the worst press meal in the NBA. Oh, yeah, I really one, of, one of the bottom five. Bottom How were the burgers? No burgers. And I even skipped the chicken because it got a uh, thumbs down from everyone. Wow. Hopefully they step their game up for, for I guess that'll be game six. My, uh, my expectations in, in terms of the game six media meal in Miami are just as low as the on-court <laughs> product for the rest of this series. Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't know what to expect, but there's certainly no reason for um, optimism when it comes to um, the aesthetics of, of the on-court product. But that said, I, I mean, certainly there's been a lot of, Gloom and doom, as Dwayne Casey would say uh, in the first 25 minutes of the podcast. And yep. it, it, it is what it is. I, I mean, we, we know that momentum shifts awfully quickly here in the playoffs, but it, it can shift back in favor of the Raptors just as quickly. And, and that's what they need to do. That needs to be the goal. I, I mean, like I said, I, I didn't have high hopes going into game four because this is a team notoriously, as you said, that makes life difficult on themselves. They can't seem to manufacture the desperate mentality that they um, seem to need or, or want in, unless they are finding themselves in that desperate situation. So certainly um, now that things are evened up again, they're a lot closer to the desperate situation. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll see what they've got once again. Um, it's a stat that we've now used 
quite a bit over the last couple of weeks, but the Raptors haven't dropped back-to-back games in, in now over a month and a half. Mm-hmm. They've been pretty good all year at bouncing back. So now's the time to do it. No doubt. As for Lowry and DeRozan, um, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to do it. Right. Uh, like I said, it, there are excuses. They're trying not to make them. It's hard not to um, when you're walking around with an oven mitt on your hand or when your elbow is the size of a grapefruit. Um, those excuses are there, but you've got the unanimous MVP returning relatively early from a serious injury and um, lighting the Portland arena on fire, basically. Um, you've got guys that are playing through things. It's always like that at this time of the year. Um, and the, the great players play well, and, and the the guys that are, are good or, or somewhere below that um, are inconsistent. That's just the way it is. So um, once again, we'll, we'll find out where Lowry and DeRozan stand in that hierarchy. And, and after now a 22-game playoff sample size, um, in the Raptor tenures, I think we're starting to get a pretty good idea of where they stand. Yes, it's all, the only one that can change the narrative is them. And we'll leave you with that. We'll be back next week on TSN's Raptors Report podcast. Thanks for listening. Was that?